0: Way so skins playing gigs for fifty quid. You don't need someone telling you what to do, you just wanna keep up on the and 101 part-time jobs, 101 part-time jobs. Alright, you're listening to 101 part-time jobs, the podcast where I speak to bands and artists about. they've been able to make it work on today's episode is blue bendy i've got arthur and joe the band's co-founders they're in scunthorpe at the moment checking it down on weekends to rehearse their new studio in bermondsey and they've just released a great new track called cloudy don't really know what i'd say it sounds like maybe a bit of talk talk maybe a bit of stereo lab but it's just interesting while not requiring too much of you you can just sink into it. It follows last year's Motorbike EP, and they're doing a release show on the 17th of April at the Windmill in Brixton here in London. If you want to head to that next Monday. They're also at End of the Road Festival this year. Cheers for listening to 101 Part-Time Jobs, supported by 2000 Trees Festival. Just made some announcements for this year's Trees in July in Cheltenham, just a few hours away from London. Soft Play, formerly known as Slaves, Headlining the Thursday, Laurie and Isaac are back. New name, same songs, same incredible live show. Hell is for Heroes, Dinosaur Pileup also joined the lineup this year with Martha, The Bronx, Bob Villain, Lambrini Girls, Rival Schools, Military Gun, Frank Carter of the Rattlesnakes, 100 Reasons, Holding Absence, High Viz, One Step Closer, loads of great bands all over the spectrum of indie punk rock some metal some hardcore that's 2000 trees if you want to go but you haven't got your ticket yet you can use the voucher code 101pod at checkout at 2000trees.co.uk for a straight 20 quid off that's 20 quid off 2000trees.co.uk using the voucher code 101pod I've been I've played I've reviewed it for magazines, I've had a blast every time I've been, and looking forward to 2,000 Trees again this year. All right, here's Arthur and Joe from Blue Bendy, whose new track, Cloudy, is out now. Go well.
2: Cheers. We're still not really part of the whole Four cycle situation yet are we? You know.
1: No, I mean for us, it's still it's um it's quite sporadic and it's on and off. It will be like a week at a time, but um I guess since um, forming, we never really formed under that safety net of living at home and. Um, Did you
0: moved to London in 2017.
1: That's right, yeah. So we're we're us two are from Scunthorpe, which is actually where we are now at the minute as well. I used to play in um quite a few bands, and um I'm a couple of years older than Arthur. Um, and his brother, actually, Ollie, um, is now playing bass for us. So there's three of us from Scunthorpe. And nice. It's exactly how you'd expect. I mean, the place that we used to play the most is now a car park because the pub got knocked down. Right. And um, I think we made it as far out as a uh, Doncaster, Sheffield, maybe. And
0: what was the feeling? Was there a local record shop or was there a promoter that was nice? Like, did you have those kinds of people doing stuff that you could look towards and, you know, kind of broaden your...
2: The promoters weren't nice and, and uh, there was a record shop briefly but it was more i think joe and ollie yeah, wanted I mean, to play it's
1: in in scunthorpe now it's probably the best it's ever been thanks to like one one or two spots um set up by people with the right intentions but
0: okay, what are they called what are those places There's,
1: there's cafe independent okay. which um is a nice little venue isn't it and yeah it's, it's like a non-profit yeah which is um helps sort of um get kids into work as well as um it's got a nice stage. You know, Sleeve kind of, of Mods played there in
2: 2015 and it's all most people still talk about in Scunthorpe <laughs> at the venue.
0: When you came down to London, was there a big element of like wanting to play more down here? Was Was that in, in your minds? Were you talking about that?
2: I moved down for uni and Joe moved for a job. So like, I don't know, when I, I, when I moved to uni, I just kind of thought I wasn't really writing much music or anything like that. Um. It was only I just thought I'd turn up and someone would pick me out of a crowd and go, "Yeah, you can, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you can, uh, you can be the sort of talismanic person." But it didn't really happen. I had to wait until Joe moved for a job for a, for um, anyone to take notice of any songs I was doing. But yeah,
1: yeah, we did. We didn't move with the intention. It was both very much separate. But then Arthur was sort of putting a lot of music online um, around the time I moved. And then I think one sort of pivotal moment was uh, me and him. Went to go and watch uh, the, garden. the garden at the One Hundred oh, yeah. Club, okay. and um, we were sort of really into that whole sort of proto-punk thing at the time. And it was then like they had a punk, like neo-punk. Yeah, yeah and we they... kind of thought if they can do it, <laughs> well, they had a support band, on, didn't they? Who I have no idea who they were. I can't remember it now. They're probably some, they're probably yeah, massive. massive. <laughs> but we both were watching them, and it was like, if they can do support in the garden at the One Hundred Club, then. We can probably, probably do hope that. to achieve that maybe one day. So it sort of uh, all, went from, all went from there.
0: That's a powerful thing, isn't it? Because once you get those sort of seeds of ideas, and if you can kind of egg each other on a little bit.
2: Yeah, I was doing like it's like demoing and things with like my brother at his house because like I'm not really good with like the technology, and he's kind of a techie guy. And but he was always very disparaging about my songs. He um, plays bass now in the band. He wasn't. He didn't really seem to get it at the time. So yeah, he used to say, like, can't you write a proper song, that kind of thing. So I didn't really play him much to anyone, and Joe really liked them, so...
1: Yeah, there has been there has been that egging on element, for sure, but maybe more born out of, like, confrontation rather than agreement. Like, we're into very, very similar things, I think, me and Arthur, especially discovering new things at the same time, but... um in retrospect, now it's probably him throwing a lot of stuff out there that I was like, <laughs> "What on earth are you trying to do?" Which now, looking back on it, as can sort of see, oh, okay, but uh, yeah, I maybe mean, a bit of communication breakdown. But uh, yeah, pushing and pulling in different directions, I think, helped get things. A filtering off Filtering
2: system for sure. Yeah,
0: confrontation is like not the to a lot of people that's not not the most natural thing that that sort of comes to like a friendship, I suppose, right? So like we've, we've all got friends that sometimes it's quite easy to like sort of nod and smile and not say anything sometimes. You know, one of the things I'm like fascinated and want to hear stories of is it's not just a jobs thing. It's not just a, a fiscal or a financial thing. It's also the kind of like the, 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 you know, putting your brain power into it, you know, and prioritizing that, like giving that the time of day and giving it the hours of day. I mean, was was there like quite a steady, you know, how could you kind of chart? Obviously now you've got this this new track that's brilliant. Well, it would come out by the time this goes out. And, you know, you're a phenomenal band. The musicianship is is unreal. It kind of doesn't sound like anything I've heard before. It's, it's really? Brilliant. Yeah, I think there's like, there'll be a lot of people who, like fans of Talk Talk, who will be like, oh yeah, this is great. But, you know, it, there's something so fresh and new about it.
2: Could, could you that's a very nice compliment thank you
0: can you kind of chart you know the last few years of when you've been able to pinpoint moments where you thought yeah this is worth prioritizing or like yeah you know you're leaning into it and you are being like these these songs are good we should think more about this and try try hard to do it because to be to, to, to play and go on tour and release records you've got to try hard you've got to try really hard
2: i think for me that kind of Priorities always come quite easy. Even before I was in a band, I was—I was probably pretty in my head. I just thought, oh, it's just—it's—it's de- it's inevitably going to happen. I don't know why, but um being in formed, a band,
0: up for it. I just
2: thought, I just thought it'd probably happen at some point. I was at uni when we formed, and I was at uni for the first couple of years of the band. Uh, other people had jobs. Some of us were still at uni. That kind of thing. It was like a bit of a mix. Like a lot of us were on the cusp of sort of working life Um I've always found it quite easy to sort of um prioritize it. I mean, I was I basically didn't do my final year exams after being in a band for the first for 3 months. <laughs> I I was like, oh no, sod that. We're going to be massive by the end of the year. That was 5 years ago. Um and yeah, then um and then so I I resat that year. And then I didn't turn up again so I was like, no, this summer we we'll probably definitely make it. <laughs> Um, that,
1: um, that unshakable sense of belief is probably uh, quite helpful for the rest of us as well, because it's like if you have someone, you know, no one could be that confidently uh, incorrect. So it's like <laughs> I, I guess we are going to make it.
0: <laughs> when you in that, when um, there is, when there is someone in the group who's like, yeah, no, it's going to happen, of course.
1: That's it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's it. It's <laughs> um, really yeah. Good. But like,
2: but like, so I didn't turn up to my final year like exams, and then and then that summer I spent. I think I was probably working in a tapas place and like was yeah. too scared of the management to like book off the gig. So it'd come to the day and everyone were like, "Arthur, where are you? Like we've got sound check in two hours. I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm definitely going to get out of it. And then I just had to like basically walk out of the job. <laughs> it was like, oh, was something bad's really happened. So I need to leave. And then I had to trek to the Ivy house and Nunhead to do a support slot or something.
0: Are oh, you perfect for this? This is this is it. A lot of a lot of people I'm interviewing who've t- like that, that. These kind of moments are kind of in the past. Are, th- are those moments still kind of happening for you?
1: Absolutely. Oh yeah.
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's um six of us, and I think um, between what we're all currently working and what we've been working over the past few months, half a year, it's a sort of list as so long as your arm. Yeah. Sort of- and depressing and terrible part-time jobs. I mean, a couple of us now are actually doing something that we're enjoying and managing to fit that around the band in very nice places to work but, and stuff. Yeah. But... like,
2: for example, um, um, the guitarist, uh, one of the guitarists that isn't Joe, he's called Harrison. he's just got a job um in a quite a well-known uh book cha- booksellers chain.
0: Nice. Um, Waterstones. <laughs> <laughs> Can we say that? I don't know. Um, Whatever.
2: But um. I, I knew he got the job, but he—I think he's maybe too scared to tell me it's full time. So I got so we were at the photo shoot for um for the new press shots and the video um, last weekend, and Oscar, who's the drummer, comes up to me and goes, "You need to have a word with Harrison." Uh, I was like, "Why?" He's like, "I think he just need because we've just got this new studio in London, which we're gonna have to commute to London for each week." He's like, I think he might be working some Saturdays. Saturday's supposed to be our day in the studio, and I was like, "You're kidding me." He's like, "It's full time," but yeah, I think he's got decent Saturdays. <laughs> and so, like, Harrison, I think either is willfully ignorant about this or just doesn't want to say. But yeah, I think I think there might be some uh, hairy, hairy Saturday afternoons going
0: on. That's yeah. it. That 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 kind of that scheduling, that dedication is like that's a real thing, you know, and, and like forget touring you know even studio time or or doing the odd london show
2: yeah i had to fill a form in today i've got to send it to hr i don't know if that's gonna go through for uh, <laughs> it definitely will i had a word with the with the principal but um <laughs> for our, we've got a london headline at the windmill on just after the easter break 17th on the
1: 17th which is a monday yeah uh, arthur's currently working at um
2: well we can't wait, I'm an art technician. in college technician. at the minute.
0: college <laughs> brilliant brilliant i mean it's that that' is, it's it's literally like a full time job trying to trying to balance that shit i mean like I like the way you say he's you can be kind of willfully ignorant about this stuff. I wonder if that's kind of like one of, like the only option sometimes
2: it definitely is an option place <laughs> burying your head in the sun yeah, i, I mean, think
1: there's another element another element of being a big band as well is like if you're the one who's not free or if you're the one who has another commitment, you're also way- potentially waylaying like five people. So that's another juggling act where it's like, it maybe is sometimes easier to... very, um, Yeah, or like, you know, push it to the back of your mind and then before you know it, it's too late and people try and organise a gig and you're like, oh, I'm out of town or I'm busy that weekend and there's five other people now who can't play the gig or, you know, something like that.
0: When the stakes are sort of getting a bit higher, you know, Guardian wrote about you earlier this year. There have been some, yeah. you know, really nice reviews and... Some like promising stuff, which is sort of a you know, it's rare, isn't it? To be honest, you know, for yeah, and I, and I suppose that kind of I mean, you tell me, does it give it the kind of the pressure of being makes, like, we've got an opportunity here, let's fucking take it?
2: I mean, for me, it makes it much easier to sort of like, I mean, probably no one from Works in Says, but I could, I'd walk out of the job tomorrow if it meant, you know, getting another Guardian feature, and I'll just, I don't know, get a job in a factory again or something, but. Like, even if it was, you know, for a couple of hundred quid a week, but yeah, for me, it feels loads easier to it, do that kind of thing. It does but... make
1: it a bit difficult with those new bits as well, especially sort of London shows or, or bigger cities, but uh, London in particular, because we do have the ability where, the six of us, but the, these guys have played as four piece, they played like up in Sunderland and stuff so when I couldn't make it and Olivia couldn't make it and like, you know, outside of drums and bass and I suppose the vocals, we are quite interchangeable. But now the risk is we're obviously not at full strength if we're not playing as a six piece. That's why we're a six piece band. It's Mm. getting offered these support slots and these nice slots at venues like the Lexington and stuff on a a Friday night, which we'd only be able to play as a four piece or a five piece. And it's now, you know, at the point where it's not necessarily a good idea to be doing those and not playing to you, not playing at your full strength, even though we would be able to.
0: What's the dream scenario? I guess it's a couple of days a week, a remote job. A remote job
1: would be pretty sweet. Um,
2: so my brother, when we toured with Kohler last year, um, <clears throat> sorry, excuse me. We toured with Kohler last year and he couldn't book it off work, but he was working remote for an energy company, customer service. Um, and so he just brought his laptop, worked in the front seat of the car. And uh, and when we were driving from city to city in the mornings, he'd wake up at eight, start his shift. No. Um, fall back asleep wake up at half past nine then properly start his shift so he'd log on at eight fall back asleep get on at half nine in the car for half ten and he'd just be with his headset on in the front of the car no music and we'd be driving up to scotland to finish the tour
1: it becomes uh, very much becomes the office does the front seat of the car we've had <laughs> olivia sort of doing work in the front of the car yeah, as well sound on the laptop, stuff and it's the sort front. of like up until five o'clock there's no music playing and then once a laptop closes and you're sort of going over the scottish border so you can start yeah, blast no tunes
2: and get the get the cans out. Um That's so yeah, usually, funny. He, Using a lot of mobile
0: yeah. data there for the tethering.
2: He's got unlimited. I think he was fine with that. He was he would have to hotspot me in the car so I could surf the web because we couldn't listen to any music.
1: So. <laughs> yeah, it's very much a car situation as well. There's no there's no van involved yet. It's uh it's oh. uncomfortable stretch
0: you sound you yeah, say, we're like still renting
1: the safiras
0: i i think it's I'm, I'm really like this is really brilliant because these are these are these are some really like tetchy touch and go situations but you don't seem too stressed about it
2: it's all kind of fun and games when it's happening it feels a bit stressful when you're trying to organize that kind of thing like i've been stressed out like trying to book days off but like if you give people notice it's usually fine And. My brother was like, Yeah, I'm gonna go on tour, I'm going on tour with a band, but I'll work te- but i work from home. I think he just had a good relationship with his boss. He was like, Yeah, go for it. It's like as long as you're on shift every day. He was like, Yeah, we'll be. And so like, oh, we were in Edinburgh. And we were stayed in a hostel after we played at, like Sneaky Pete's or something. And um and yeah, we all had to get we I think this checkout was like nine AM and so we all trekked it with my brother to like to edinburgh Waverley spoons because that was like the only place we could find that had internet so he we just parked we all had a breakfast we parked him up in the spoons we we're like right we're gonna go explore edinburgh we'll see you in five hours we'll pick you up and take you to glasgow <laughs> so we just left him there in a booth in edinburgh waverly station he sat there for six hours and finished his job
0: <laughs> that's good that's patience isn't it that's dedication that's a good heart yeah. <laughs> and he talks
2: about that as was like it was the best week of his life so <laughs> brilliant um, you talked about the yeah, studio
0: is that somewhere the have you got a lockup is that is that is that is that what the situation you, is
2: yeah like we've been we used to have a sort of like lockup and situation at, um, at Hermitage works where we record most of our stuff with uh, Nathan Ridley and Margot Breen but um, money got really tight after tour last year and like there was like running out of space so we've not really had like a regular rehearsal space so We've moved in with some friends and other bands like to get to get a lock up in Bermondsey, Nice. And that'll be every
1: week now. So Yeah, yeah it's very we'll, much we'll it's be working full time and then jumping on a train Saturday morning. It's very much just being set up at the minute, which is nice because it will um I think it's sort of open to twenty four hour type deal. We have our specific day when we can get in and it's gonna be kitted out to be able to record and nice um demo and all of that good stuff. So yeah, it should be useful in in a few ways for uh, brushing up live but also um writing and recording which is can can be difficult to get all six was in a room sometimes especially when we're sort of split across the country so um
0: great and you can engineer it yourself can you
1: yeah yeah that's right it's all gonna be set up which is is exciting put your degree to some good use aj that's the one yeah (laughs) despite the despite the struggles with the audio interface that we had (laughs) uh,
0: every
1: it's all audio engineering yeah (laughs)
0: <laughs> Did you enjoy it? Was that, what was the vibe? Were, were, were many, many, many people in your course going on to make illustrious, successful careers in, in audio land? Was it, oh, wasn't or a dubstep abs- producer? Absolutely
1: not. There was a, yes, a prolific dubstep producer, you know, he was already making that before the degree. I think being 16 is a, prerequisite for that From being a dubstep producer <laughs> uh, a couple of people i'm still in touch with the sort of live engineering shows and stuff it was good it was a uh, um it was in huddersfield so you know it's uh, <laughs> yeah it wasn't the most glamorous student experience in the world but um yeah it's good i did a i did a placement year which is what took me down to london i went and worked in a big recording studio down there for a year nice. which um, absolutely that. killed any desire for me to want to work in a recording studio
0: why is that <laughs> I, I, i've got a few friends who have done that in post-production for audio and they all had to kind of work as runners for, well, in, you know, from some cases, three years and until they- Yeah, I mean, that's, that was a
1: big part of it. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was um, I mean, it was paid, which is good because there's an internship where I was, that was still in the sort of wild west where people would expect you to move to London and do unpaid internships and pay rent and stuff like that. Yeah. So it's paid, albeit very, very poorly. Mm-hmm. And um, just long hours, I think sort of 16 days, because it's like if you, if the client was willing to pay, then I just had to sit on reception with the phone, working the door. I think sixteen hours was the longest day I worked. Um, it's a big studio because it was like uh, we did a lot of orchestral stuff and movie scores and uh, voiceover work. Yeah. Jamie
2: xx left his bike, one, left his Boris bike once, didn't he?
1: He did. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we're not going to. Some How of the did people. that
0: end? That story.
1: I think he picked it up two days later, along <laughs> with the hard drive that he left um, half a half an unmixed album on. <laughs> Damn. Uh, and <laughs> a
0: fifty pound uh, Boris bike fee.
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, What for duck's back? Long, long, long hours. The chance of uh, you sort of stepping into that assistant position is only when someone retires, really. I think the three engineers were all in their 60s when I was still there. Damn. um, Just high stress, low pay (laughs) environment, really.
0: And did that, I mean, how much of a dent did that kill your love for, you know, wanting to play in self-engineering? And I guess the industry at large, is it? Because it's not exactly sort of indie music, is it? that but it's still in, it's still massively in the industry that's kind of you know that's the big part of the, the the money yeah i mean
1: it, it did did feel a world away doing orchestral stuff and um what it did was transplant me into london where it's like you know i'd maybe go to a gig once a fortnight from hoodersfield into leeds or into manchester and stuff and then suddenly i was going to gigs sort of two or three times a week yeah um from people who have like getting bows off the back of soundcloud demos recording at home into laptop speakers or something like that so it, nice. it certainly didn't kill it it just made me not want to do it um professionally in
0: any sense. <laughs> and you've just moved back to scunthorpe you're going to be traveling down on saturday so you've, you've both moved back to scunthorpe have you
2: um yeah just temporarily for a couple of months um <laughs> i'm just helping out some well i don't know if i'm helping out but i've been shipped in as an emergency art technician. Um, for a couple of, for a couple of months before the summer <laughs> break up and do you know what? it it feels like is it mr ben who goes and he puts on a different outfit every day and then he becomes a new yeah. a new that kind of feels a <laughs> bit like me at the minute that's a great I've way to him. sum it up yeah i mean i've worn many skins in my life
0: <laughs> how are you do with the but, routine uh, is that routine proving quite rewarding the, the
2: routine's okay uh, like the the early mornings are a bit brutal, but like I'm falling asleep at like half past nine, and uh, <laughs> and I'm up at I'm up at seven. I
0: like an early bedtime. I can't do the seven a.m. wake up. I'm a, I'm a, I'm an eight o'clock guy. It's it's funny yeah, how much yeah. big difference there is between seven and eight in the morning.
2: I'm a mid day guy, and when <laughs> like I, when I was selling like wine on the phones, like I only had to be work for one until eight because nobody old people don't answer the phone yeah. to buy a shitload yeah. of wine before midday apparently why knows um yeah I mean they're lovely people yeah
0: I mean it's funny <laughs> no, when, you t- when you talk about this it's like all that stuff's like whatever you're doing at the time is gonna like affect the way you like see yourself in a way or like your identity and that kind of shit because you right, know totally and I find that stuff interesting because you know you, I can imagine you want to focus on the things that you really want to care about but you... yeah
2: like like, sorry like sorry if I can just interrupt yeah, like. yeah so I was like, I mean, we've been up and down London. We spend a lot of time in London. Like I'm staying with friends and up and down. Like, I've only really felt properly out of London for about three, four months. Um, and then like going from like being in London for like 10 days out of every month to then, oh, I'm I'm teaching A-level kids like how to color correct like some photos in Photoshop or something. It just feels like, a million miles away from from anything like that I want to be doing, but also like I don't know, it, it also, it's never felt closer at the same time. It's quite a weird disconnect. But like Is that because the band's doing
0: myself... well and you have a bit of a team and the songs are good? Yeah, like we've just been working really
2: hard for the past like six months trying to get like, like we've got like ten tracks together basically mixed and uh, need to be mastered, that kind of thing. So the band's never felt like it's been going better, like the gigs have never been going better, the songs have never been better. But like um I'm in a classroom trying to like wrangle some kids who keep trying to like rap TikTok trap while I'm like trying to set up some lights for them in a in a dark room or whatever. And um
0: That's really funny. It's it's not what it's not just, what, it's not like, what you probably expected, right?
2: Yeah, it's weird, but um it yeah, um they are some of them ramshackle, some of them just like getting on with loads of stuff. Like mm-hmm. I was um, at my first day, I had to go around and like check out um, what everyone was doing in their like notebooks, like portfolios and stuff. And then like at, like the first page I opened was this um, photographer who'd actually shot us for a part time job about um 18 months previously um, after we got. Uh, so they were researching this. This photographer is like part of their project, like as like their final piece. Like they were looking at like you have to like do like research and stuff. And one of these photographers, someone that actually shot the band like eighteen months previously, but under very odd, <laughs> uh, <laughs> very odd situation. If you want to tell the story, yeah, I'm sure you can do it. Just got there. an Instagram she message, is. didn't we?
1: Yeah, we got an Instagram message, message. one day um, from an agency. And it was basically saying, um, hey, we're looking, there's an opportunity like, for a brand, for a band, sorry. It was band
2: wanted. Or band something.
1: wanted. There's an opportunity for a band to be extras in a photo shoot. And then obviously you pry a bit more of them. I mean, can we have any more details, please? And then the next message is, um, well, basically it's for Zara Kids. <laughs> and, um, they're doing a sort of capsule collection on a shooting on Highbury Fields. And uh, they need a band for it. And we were initially like, "Come on, come on!" <laughs> I and thought they would take a joke. Three hundred pounds per person. <laughs> <And I> think, <laughs> yeah, they so were like, yeah. "Well, absolutely." That's still my biggest payday I've ever had.
0: Really. So it happened. It, <laughs> it happened.
1: We're two basically, weeks later. We get up. They they send us in for um, two weeks later. We were testing. in a fitting, weren't we? Yeah, a fitting. Yeah, wardrobe up in some uh, place in North London. Where we got uh, on, off out. Caledonian Road. We had no idea what the premise of the shoot was, but then when we got to the. Um, fitting it started to become apparent that it was this sort of mad psychedelic uh, <laughs> Beatles inspired like Beatles in a Ibiza is essentially this <laughs> <thing>. <laughs> and uh so me and Arthur got um, got a lucky escape with these sort of 60s um co-ord pieces Bell-bottom of this sort of suits. Of nice. pink tartan sort of Harry Styles type ensemble on uh Oscar and Harrison so uh, sort of got put out in um <laughs> current current Zara thing sort of white blazers and um,
2: Yeah, Harrison's was pretty good because, like, um, he kept kept going off for a smoke, and it was like a teal suit, like jacket, trousers, white shirt, and I think he did he have some he wore his own pearls, did he? His own pearls going on.
1: Oh, yeah. I've, I I've googled that. it
0: and I can't find it. Oh no, you would have to. Oh, like, um, oh, oh, yeah.
1: It's well buried. It's I'm, well thank buried. God it is. But then um, the <laughs> next day we no, turned he up. He
0: kept going off
2: for a cigarette
1: and like,
2: <laughs> and it was we were on high brief. Oh yeah, right. Oh yeah. The next day we had the shoot and what was the call time? Seven.
1: Seven. And it's like it was just as was it just before, or just after, sort of um, things had been lifted on venues. But basically, the it was garage just after because it was April. Yeah, the garage on Highbury Corner. Yeah. Yeah. had been taken over by this uh, shooting team. We still didn't know what we were getting in for. And then we sort of pushed through the doors of the garage at like ten past seven in the morning. And there must be about a hundred people for Zara in there, the catering team and the maker team. We were like, what on earth is going on? Yeah. Breakfast. Like, All right, lads, just yeah, uh, yeah. like, just take a seat over in the thing. We'll serve you breakfast. They and sent Ubers for us. Sent Ubers what? and then they are like yeah. when the when, when the talent comes in, that's the kids. who the are kids, actually, yeah, like, uh, models. Don't, don't speak to them. Legally, you're not allowed to speak to them. They'll have their chaperone. So if you guys could just sit at the back, we'll get to you when we're ready. Basically, yeah, hair and makeup, got our uh, costumes on. Um, oh, it
2: was boiling, wasn't it, Joe?
1: It was boiling. We walked over to Highbury Fields, and here's an uh, old 60s sort of double-decker open-top root master painted yeah. with uh, big flowers and fleur-de-lis and uh, paisley. Basically, they were like, grab a guitar, grab your drumsticks, get up on the top of this bus and just, just start playing indefinitely. We'll, uh, no amps. Had a movement coach, didn't there? No amps. No there was, amps, uh, there was the, amps up there, but uh, they we neglected budgeting. to bring cables. And obviously, the uh, prop department didn't so, think about cables. Either, just
2: heard so. a sort of smushing sort of crash of like of untuned drums sort of coming out of Oscar sort of like daintily sort of touching them because he didn't want to make a noise. And then I had to look like I was like crooning over the top, but like...
1: While kids sort of frolicked in the foreground, catching a frisbee, getting their photographs taken. Yeah, Brilliant. Um, As
0: far as part-time jobs goes, that's not bad, is it? No. I I mean, it was kind of the most
2: humiliating experience of my life. (laughs) But everyone was was very nice. But, like, it got to... We didn't end up shooting... Because the weather was so, like, shit. Like, we didn't end up shooting until about three o'clock. And after three on Highbury Fields it's like floodgates open and just hundreds and hundreds of school kids just like walking like walking down towards life <laughs> and they're all just shouting at <laughs> us <laughs> um a
0: bit of a nightmare. are you
2: famous are you famous all that kind of thing <laughs> and we just like we had like we were it, i kind of felt like um it because i was obviously really tired but like you know when like um it's like an always sunny thing but You know, when Frank gets his makeup done by a mortician to look, to try and perk him up a bit, that's how I felt I looked when I had my makeup done that morning. Um,
1: it um, was just strange as a real was, roller yeah. coaster wasn't it um by far the easiest 300 pounds oh I think, yeah individually we've all have ever made that and good fun at the end of it just a surreal job to be picked up for i think a couple of the crew at one point didn't they were like so are what you do ex- you guys yeah, do what you actually like,
2: do we're like oh we're in a band no we are we're a right.
1: band are like why on what? earth are we using an actual band <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> nobody knew why the hell we were there it covered most of my rent that month so
0: One hundred one part-time jobs. 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 Arthur and Joe, thanks so much for for being up for this. Yeah, no, worries. yeah, thank you for having yeah, us. We loved it. Just to end with, I kind of like to end these with. I mean, you've you've just told about a dozen, half dozen brilliant stories there, but I I, I tend to ask people. I feel like I'm quite. I was big, quite big at, you know, when I was working at the bar, I'd smash a lot of glasses and uh, all of the jobs that I've worked, I've tend to sort of fuck things up on a minor scale, cause, you know, problems. And so I quite enjoy asking people about work fails that they've been the perpetrator of or like work gaffes or like fuck ups in the workplace at your own hands. I've,
2: <laughs> I've got one. Um, what's yours? Um, so me and Joe... Both worked under the stewardship of the drummer Oscar in a sort of um, second-hand mid-century antique furniture Danish yeah. g-plan, yeah. Um, you know what are they called? Those railway arch in Peckham, right? Right, right, right. And so he just got us in so we could hang out with him basically, and paid us a pittance. Um, but on my first ever day, I got there. It was a Sunday morning, and I'm. I think maybe we'd been out the night before, and uh, the, the boss was still there, being introduced to me, and uh, and he was like, "Oh, just help me carry this out." And as I was picking something up, I not—it's quite highly stacked. There's like stacks on stacks and stacks, like piled up to the roof in this warehouse, and uh, and I just caught something on my shoulder right at the back, right at the back <laughs> of the warehouse, and it was like dominoes just. Cung, 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 cung. No S- Smashing glass, etc. No. Yeah. Oh. Um I've heard you messed up your first day, but I didn't know. Yeah. Um and he was still there.
0: Multiple shelves. Oh,
2: I mean minimal damage. <laughs> I think they still got shipped off the next day, but or or maybe sold that day with just a little bit of wood glue and stuff. But uh yeah, plenty of smashed glass. so well, that'll be uh why I got brought in then. Oh. No, I've wor- I worked pretty much every day after that. Okay. He, he sacked me because I stopped turning up. <laughs>
0: <laughs> wow. Joe, have you got any that come to mind?
1: Um, there was one before what I'm doing at the minute. It's another thing that me and Arthur and Harrison have all done. We all no. used to work for this same uh, call center, which oh, just the For worst. creatives by creatives. It's uh, very much in a um, quotation marks, a call center for creatives. Yeah. Um, I don't know why what the thinking is behind that but basically we all work there on, <laughs> and on, in different roles arthur was saying used to sell wine or one
0: well
2: it's basically so i don't know it's for this basically reason you know it's it's so you don't have to have 101 part-time get the time jobs off, yeah yeah, yeah. so you could just email them in the i mean i don't want to say too much because i might end up trying to get a bit more work out of them but <laughs> yeah. you know You're like I, it would, harrison harrison would be too hung over or he'd have something to do and he'd be like arthur can you send me an email from the band account um saying we've got some sort of photo shoot or something and i'd be like oh yeah everyone remember we've got a photo shoot today you know press shots at 6 p.m so if everyone can be there about half past five and just show that to a to a manager and they'd be like yeah no problem yeah.
1: i mean the, the work itself work itself still absolutely awful, oh, the, awful. the the contract i was on was i'm um, selling uh, car insurance for sort of uh, delivery drivers and uh ride hailing app Drivers and stuff like that, because right. um, they need a specific type of insurance. But basically, uh, just the worst people in the world, ringing you up to shout at you on the phone. And one time, and just trying to coast through the last hour of a day, and essentially trying, to supposedly issuing a refund for about one thousand two hundred pounds. This guy that was fed up with our customer service and wanted out of the thingy, and um, I don't know how it happens. He thought there'd been checks and balances in place to stop it. Just charged him an extra one thousand two hundred pounds directly to his card. <laughs> and i had to just i had him on the line i had him on the line and then he oh was my like word. my banking notifications just popped up for a one thousand i was like yeah but there was no there's no one to transfer to I'm completely out of my depth you know i don't am i criminally responsible for overchat? every fiber of my being wanted to hang up but, um, just had to um uh, excuse me can i just put you on hold for a moment while i check what's happened <laughs> oh, just, just, cried. just <laughs> crying just crying <laughs> <laughs> running around and it got sorted but yeah. jesus that was a that was a that's a, dark a bad day. one. Brilliant. That was a bad one. Yeah. These are some I'd good also, stories.
2: Like, we have had a lot of part-time jobs.
1: Yeah. I thought I thought you might have told the story of you having to change our overalls because they were too soaked full of blood from the. Beef, that was early days. <laughs> the though. beef packing factory.
2: Oh, <laughs> that was the first job I ever had.
0: <laughs> Go on. It was please like, do tell. It was
2: so. It was the first job I had. Like, and um, you know, factory work. So you get round like scunny when you're like 19 or whatever. Um, so yeah, I, just, I, so I I was part of the processing beef situation right at the back of the factory you know so it gets more developed as you go up so at the end of the line you're putting you're just putting it in a little plastic thing or stacking the box they put me at the start of the line and it's just i mean uh, uh, you know it's not trying to eat any meat but like yeah you're opening bags and it's, you're getting covered in blood it's it's really horrible Damn. um i should probably maybe i'll write a song about it i think i tried to at the time i wasn't any really good but then Uh, probably like meat man or something (laughs) but yeah i had to change my overalls three times that day because the line manager kept telling me it's too covered in blood
0: that's a fucking Um, job what does he fucking want what does he want from you he
2: was just sort of like that we can't have that as health and safety so next time you get that covered in blood just just take yourself off and change your overalls (laughs) that's
0: that's grim isn't it uh
2: yeah i mean i worked at every factory in the in the local area salad potato beetroot <laughs> what's the worst um,
0: uh, any fish oh
2: potato potato man why potato it's too hot <laughs> they, they like it <laughs> so you're dealing with a lot of raw potatoes but often like um you're doing you're working they did like the you know you can sort of like pre-bake them and then you just put them in the microwave or whatever they were doing a lot of, like mccoy's pre-bakes and so you're just in a room with these ovens carrying like 50 kilo bags of potatoes you pre- oil them and cook them and so when when you package them up you can just stick them in a microwave and they're sort of like better, they pre-cook them, kind of half cook them Yeah. so you're in this room with just like boiling ovens, I think it was like June and it was just insane, they were like yeah, and then pick up this 50 gram bag of, 50 kilo bag of potatoes and do that um, uh, twice a minute for the next seven hours, so <laughs> it was like it, I walked out of that after two days, I stuck around in the blood covered beef factory for three weeks so like that's how bad that was (laughs) beetroot factory though i'd recommend to anyone why is that just good characters playful (laughs) playful people and um you know nothing too gross just a good energy at beetroot factory people chucking beetroots at each other everyone's having a laugh.
0: perfect (laughs) i
2: was saving up to get to primavera that year so like i was in good spirits you know you were covered in red all your overalls are covered in red but it was a it was a much nicer red (laughs) which like wasn't a a much purpler shade of crimson yeah
0: great arthur and joe brilliant yeah thanks for having us
2: you know like i don't know like we're still working like a million jobs but i don't think we'd be doing it unless we thought we'd be famous in like eight like six weeks every time you know that's what i'm holding up for so (laughs) (laughs) Um, who knows that's good energy thanks so much cheers Charles. thanks for having us
0: (laughs) nice one so there was Blue Bendy here at 101 Part-Time Jobs. Thank you for listening. Thanks to William Burgess for sorting it out. And see you for tomorrow's episode of The Playlist, which is a mini sewed review show I'm doing each week. If you've got any recommendations for that, do get in touch. Giles at MightyMoonMedia.com. That'll come through the pipes to me. I'll give it a listen. See you then. Here's Cock back. Running around like a blue arse fly I've been working, yeah, I've been working all day Call me mate Every bleak minute I've been on the go Up and down the ladder like a the fiddler's help bow I've been working, yeah, I've been working all day Call me mate Mighty This is a Mighty Moon Media Podcast <laughs>